the history of man has been to take away freedom from, yes, from the planet, from animals and from each other. The human spirit, that freedom inside of our, our spirits, it's not something that's going to die easily. It's my big pleasure to have my good friend uh, Jana on the phone today. Hello, Jana. <laughs> hola, hola, Andreas. How are you? I'm, I'm really fine, as you can see. I'm sitting right at the beach. <laughs> Which is not exactly true. Actually, I'm sitting in my friend's basement recording this right here. So uh, just for the viewer or the listener out there, if we publish that as a video, I don't know, um, that is actually true palm trees and true sun and that is fake palm trees and fake sun <laughs> but i got sun in my heart you always do dear even when it's just a green screen behind you <laughs> oh, i love it so um a couple of words um about jana we got to know each other i think it was 2019 when i connected or, or contacted you on instagram right yeah yeah uh, so so jana has been helping me out and supporting me a lot with my business when I was living in Barcelona. And uh, through that work, um, we developed a friendship from it. And uh, now that I'm in Germany and she's in another beautiful place now, um, uh, we, we're still in contact and we, we keep updating each other on how life is. And so, so I thought it would be a good idea uh, to hear Jenna's opinion on the topic of freedom, especially in the world and how it unfolds um, these days. Maybe you can um, talk a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, um, and so on and so forth. Um, well, thank you, firstly, for your kind invitation to in, yeah, invite me to speak with you about this subject. And uh, you and I are both very, very passionate about this subject. Um, about a lot of subjects, actually. And, and it's always intriguing and interesting and invigorating to discuss things with you. So thank you. Um, I, so just a very short sum up. I was, um, I was born in, in America um, and not by choice. I always have to add that little, that little bit of humor, not by choice. Um, but I spent my, my childhood uh, traveling all over the world uh, because my parents were working with an international charity. Um, and then I moved to England. Um, so I have dual citizenship, uh, American and English, and I spend most of my life in England. Um, but I came to Spain many times throughout my time in, in living in England. Um, and to be honest, I've wanted to live in Spain for, for a long, long time. Um, and um, <laughs> basically the, the end of, of one segment of, of my life um, about five years ago brought about an opportunity to travel to Barcelona um, it was actually my third time going to Barcelona, but it was the first time that I had a remarkable um, feeling of belonging, uh, like I've never experienced before. Um, and when you have spent your life traveling 
all over the world, experiencing different peoples and places and, and cultures, and you finally um, you feel this sense of belonging. It's something very um, very strong. And um, so yes, yeah, so I, I lived in Barcelona for uh, over four years, and last January, so a year ago from this past January, I uh, came to Menorca um, and bought a house here, um, a little old house that in, in the Huerto, in the garden area, uh, very close to some beautiful calas, uh, which are like, for those of you who don't know what calas are, it's like a, a small, um, like enclosed, think just white sand and turquoise waters and kind of rocks and bits of forest around the outside and um, yeah very close to some beautiful callas and I bought a house here and I, I'm doing work on the house at the moment um, so I moved over from Barcelona about five months ago now and um, and yes I can say that um, I mean we'll we'll talk about this for sure but definitely I have experienced a new level of freedom after leaving Barcelona um, in, in very, in different, uh, aspects of my life. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. here, here with my, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bella. Um, I can totally relate to that when, when I came to Barcelona for the first time, I had the same feeling of belonging. Um, it was back in 2016 or 17. No, it was 2016, I guess. Uh, and and it, I couldn't really uh, uh, get a hold on what it really was. I couldn't really um, uh, explain it. But looking back, it was like this feeling of um, of being able to express myself more there. Everything was a little bit more open. Um, people were, were more uh, open to new ideas. So you could easily connect with people and uh, and um, and network, get to know uh, a new circle of, of friends and stuff like that um, and so so my step towards more free, freedom was also going to Barcelona uh, and uh, and when I moved back to Hamburg last year it was not because I really wanted to but it was because Barcelona had changed so much due to 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 the measure, measures um, so so this freedom that I felt that I once felt and that I that I loved so much was uh, being taken away more and more. And uh, um, that's why I decided, and that's not the only reason why I went back to Hamburg, but, but that's definitely one of the reasons why I went back. Uh, and that's when, then, that's when also like our friendship circle not fell apart, but like we could not be together physically. So Jana and, and uh, I and a couple of other friends um, we had really the feeling that we belonged together as friends and we, we all went away in different directions. So one of us went to Paris and the other one went to Serbia and another one went back to the UK. Jana went to Menorca, I went to Germany. So there has been a lot of change last year uh, and a lot of change also when we view on, on these things or when we take a view on these things um, based on freedom. So would, would you, use, well, first of all, let's say, what is freedom for you, Jana? Is, is that something that's a super important value for you in your life or is it something that doesn't affect you that much? Well, uh, freedom for me, um, this word maybe goes 
it has a broader meaning for me, then um, no, maybe it's just that I think of it in a broader way than a lot of people do initially. I think if, if each person stopped to think about what freedom means in, in d different aspects of their life, um, they would realize that it's, it, it is even more important than, than they even maybe initially uh, thought of it. Um, I mean, when, we've, when we talk about freedom, you know, we are, we're talking about uh, uh, basically a, a state of, of being free, um, having a scope to, to act or, or behave um, the way that we choose. Uh, whether that's like in our way of life, um, behavior, you know, our views on things, that sort of thing. Um, actually, it's really interesting because the the word for freedom in Spanish is libertad. And libertad also means liberty. So libertad means both liberty and freedom. And these are, you know, more or less like the same thing. And... Um, it's interesting because, because I think that there are certain freedoms. I mean, if we look at the, if, if we look up like the dictionary definition of freedom, in most definitions, it will come up and it will say somewhere in that defi definition, it will say birthright. And this is very interesting to me because I think that in the scope of, of freedom and what freedom means, we have, we have two different parts of that because when we think of freedom, we think of rights, what rights we have. So the, the freedom is exercised through our rights. And, and the way that, that I look at it is that we have, we have birthrights. In other words, we have, I, I, like for example, birthrights that, you know, that I value deeply are the ability to be in nature and live in harmony with nature to breathe fresh air, to exercise, to have social connection, to love and be loved, um, to grow my own food and eat healthy food, to sit in the sunshine, you know, like, like I am now. Um, so those would be what, what I would refer to as birthrights. And then on the other side, you have our human rights. And human rights are what, especially right now, um, you know, are really being uh, challenged. Um, but of course, these two things overlap as well. Um, so for me, uh, when I was still in Barcelona, as you mentioned, the, the atmosphere, the energy, which is something so important for you and I, and a lot of, you know, all the, the friends that we have, the energy that we so felt we belonged to, that we felt freedom in. You know, we have friends from all over the world there. We have this healthy, um, you know, obviously there are people that can choose not to be as healthy in different aspects of their life, but we had a very healthy um, balance to life. You know, we didn't move to Barcelona to be trapped indoors and, um, you know, or to have, I don't know, our work and our job and money be the number one priority. No, you know this as well. Like, I know how you feel about this. We moved there so that we could um, enjoy sunshine and being outdoors and a culture that that is 
values that highly and interacting with other people and learning and giving and receiving within that, that culture. And it was incredibly hard, you know, it was difficult because I, I felt like our chat, our, our freedoms are just natural freedoms that yes, of course, I think we all in ways took for granted before were overnight taken away. Um, which of course, you know, led me to, to moving here <laughs> right now. But, um, yeah, does that, does that answer your question a bit? It does. Yeah, it totally does. And in, in many ways, um, I feel the same. And I, I like what you say, that uh, we came to Barcelona not because of work or because that's the place to be. No, it's just really about feeling that, that there's more possibility for connection uh, and, and a, a lifestyle that is more close to nature, even if that sounds... Um, contradictory uh, or, or paradox in a city like Barcelona where, the, where there's a lot of business as well and it's a huge city um, as the capital of, of, of um, uh, Catalonia but still the, the, the things that people have in, have in mind are a lot about connection and, and uh, connection to nature as well yeah the Catalans are a little bit difficult sometimes <laughs> but, but in general <laughs> yeah <laughs> But it's but it's closer to nature than than in other cities. At least I felt that. And and also I want to add. I mentioned that in the first episode of my podcast as well. It's not freedom is not only for for adventurous extroverts who move and roam from place to place and and seek for you know ex expressive adventures and and stuff like stuff like that. Even if you decide to live uh, maybe not that healthy life, maybe even if you decide you want to do something completely different, you need the freedom to choose exactly that, right? Uh, and exactly. and uh, it's been possible before, um, but now it's not really possible anymore. And, and the really bad thing about it is the really dangerous thing, at least from my point of view, is that people don't even notice that their freedom is being taken away. And, and, and that's really... That's really sad because they think, oh, well, it's not so bad, you know. Uh, and then yeah. it's because they deliver these things and they are, they are closing the window, so to say, um, bit mm. by bit by bit by bit. And at some point, people yeah. might wake up and then it's too late. You just reminded me of, um, of a quote, actually. Um, you know, the, the philosopher, writer, Khalil Gibran. Um, who is like my all-time favorite and there's so much wisdom in what he yeah and what he's written and he actually wrote um, that we are all prisoners but some of us are in cells with windows and some without and very interesting because of course you know this became much more poignant when we we think of these words looking at how the past year of our life has been um you know it, it's interesting because i think that right now it, people are really questioning what freedom is and and if we're really free at all um when it can be taken away when your birthrights can be taken away overnight And, you know, and when we're talking, of course, in the context of, of this 
this crisis, this fiasco that has happened in the past year. Um, we overnight saw our, our simple, you know, everyday freedoms of being able to go out and exercise, breathe fresh air, you know, uh, smile at other people, um, walk our dogs, do our shopping. Um, this all disappeared. And, and I mean, in Barcelona, it was, you know, it was horrendous. You, every day, I mean, I, I was very blessed because I have Bella, I have my dog. And to be honest, Barcelona is a dog city. People love their dogs there. So at least that kept a lot of people healthy, getting out every day for the dog walks. And it was a joke as well about the fact that, that dogs would get tired because you'd have you taking them on walks and then friends taking them on walks, anything just to get outside, you know? But I mean, but yeah. I, you know, you get questioned by the police when you're walking your dog. You get, we would go food shopping and police stop on their motorbikes to check in our bags to see that we have food. And you know what's interesting yeah. that I noticed is that that... Okay, now, just to put it in context here, this is not some terrible flesh-eating disease, you know, that you see in a film or something that, yes, you go outside and it's making everybody melt away or something. No, no, no. This is a, it's, if I can just be a little bit technical and scientific here, this is a COVID, and there are COVIDs that come out every year. Um, on average, they kill at least half a million people every year. That's normal COVIDs and flus. And we all have COVID inside of us. So this isn't some, you know, strange, you know, like disease from a meteor that hit the earth and that's it. We're all like, you know, disintegrating or something. So I just wanted to yeah. put it in context because if it was something like that, you know, we could all understand a, a lot more. But it, it hasn't been. So when you see that then you're your basic rights to go in and and buy food it was being infringed on that somebody is is checking to see you know what we did was we started adapting and creating freedom where there was freedom being taken away now this was very interesting so for example um you know it i would take bella for a walk and then i would give her to one of my other friends to take her on a walk a few hours later so that they could enjoy the freedom when it came to uh having to have shopping with you we would literally and, and we were responsible we kept a you know a close kind of smaller group of us for the most part um there were five of us that lived together so we were we were careful we were responsible we were uh, caring with the elderly that lived in our building, you know, we cleaned everything, uh, but we weren't crazy or, or, or obsessive about this. We were just responsible. Um, but we would, when we would go out, we adapted by taking a shopping bag with us that already had food in it from our house that we would literally just carry around with us. Yeah, I did because the same. <laughs> because it was so ridiculous. I mean, but look, look what we do. What, what, what an amazing example of how we adapt to the fact that freedom is being taken away from us. And so we adapt as animals do. And we say, okay, you know what? You're going to take some of my fucking freedom. Well, I'm going to take it back somehow. I, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way around this to, to, to be free still. Yeah. I did the same thing, having a baguette in my backpack so that they wouldn't stop me in the first place. Um, but also I wanted to add, 
look at what that did to us mentally because we go out thinking that we're doing something inappropriate, thinking, maybe not even thinking, but subconsciously feeling into like, oh, now I'm doing something that's against the law, which makes me a bad person, even if we know that it isn't because we're taking back our natural freedom. But then, but then something in us is like, oh, I'm wrong for doing this. Yeah, you know, like even if you if you see through this bullshit, you cannot avoid feeling that. You cannot help yourself sometimes. And I mean, with regards to the masks, you know, you and I know in Barcelona we spent the our entire first quarantine, um, which was uh, two months, over two months, well, about two months from March, uh, near the end of March to the end of May. Um, We, we didn't have to wear masks the first time around. And then suddenly it was all about masks, you know. Um, and uh, I, I'm a very um, healthy, sporty person. I trail run. I work with horses. I skateboard. Um, I do loads of yoga. And so for me, like, that's super important. And I really don't like these masks for many reasons. I'm also a therapist, so I... I'm very deeply aware of the psychological damage that this is doing to people. But when it came to the masks, I started finding when, you know, when we had to wear them, that I would, I would wear it around my chin, on my ear, whatever, anything to not have to wear it because I also suffer from breathing problems. And I, they, they actually got worse because of having to wear the mask. So, um, so this is another example of, of just kind of creating more freedom is that I went to our, our pharmacia and for one euro 50, uh, the equivalent of like a, a you know, whatever, one euro 50, you, yeah. you go and you can buy an inhaler, an inhalador. And this is, you know, like an inhaler if you have asthma. And if the police ever stopped me, I would say, um, um, you know, soy asthmatica, I'm asthmatic, and, and here's my, you know, here's my inhaler. And then, of course, you, you want to help other friends, so you tell other friends, guys, go to the pharmacia, get an inhaler. If they stop you, you know, you show them the inhaler. And, you know, and this is, again, when we're looking back at, you know, what we were talking about before with birth rights versus human rights, of course, all of these things infringe on both of those. But But our birthrights, you know, to breathe, to breathe fresh air. And like I said, this isn't some flesh-eating disease that's going through all the air. So it's like, okay, this is, you know, we have to have find ways around this. You know, and I've been as respectful as I could be. Um, but I have to say that moving to Menorca was, oh, pardon the pun, but such a breath of fresh air. Because, yes, you have some people who are very much uh, controlled by fear instead of love. You and I have talked about this a lot. This has been a massive topic throughout this past year. And because of that, I've never had f fear about this at all. Um, but you still see people who do suffer from that fear. And so they're wearing masks even outside. But, but you don't have to wear masks anywhere outside, in nature, on the beaches, anything. They just ask for people to wear um, masks in like the city centers when you're around other people and in shops that sort of thing <clears throat> but but even that is like okay how much how much should we be like okay with this 
And, and should we challenge it? Yeah. And at what point do we challenge it? Yeah, that, that's the thing that, uh, that's, um, that's coming up pretty often for me and I've, I'm being, being asked that or accused of something, <laughs> you know, that, that people say like, um, well, if you don't wear masks, you're basically uh, threatening other people and you're, you're putting other people in danger and you're harming other people. Even, somebody even told me, um, you're a murderer because you're killing other people by not wearing a mask uh, and stuff like that. Um, and I want to I want to hammer on the point that you mentioned already. Um, doing things responsible. It's not that when, at least for me, I can say when when this news came up about the virus. It's not that I just jumped out of my my house door and and said like, yeah, I don't believe it. Fuck it. I'm just going to run around like I always do anyway. You know, it's 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 not like that. It's and and I have to admit when I first heard about that virus um, because I don't watch. TV. I don't listen too much to the radio and stuff like that. I, I didn't even notice it until in, and, and, until the middle of uh, of February or something. And when these news came up, I I had a couple of days where I got really scared. Um, and I had I have this journal that I um, write into every day. And I was reading what what I wrote down that day. And it's like I literally said, "Well, they are now closing all the shops, and we have to wear protection or something like that." good because only that's only how we can fight this virus that's what i wrote down and then two days later <laughs> i was like okay this is obviously bullshit and and i and i know why i came to that point because i was actually going out with a mask and gloves and sunglasses even when i when i noticed like i cannot protect myself even if i wanted to because you know i was walking over to my trastero where i stored a couple of my my things I had to take the gloves off and grab a handle because I cannot like deal with the keys and stuff like that. And I had like two or three of these moments where I thought like, okay, that's bullshit. And then I, then I started to investigate and read about it, read into it. And then I noticed, okay, that was a shock moment for me. So they, they manipulated me. I was the one falling for this bullshit. And then I noticed, oh, all oh, right, no, that's not healthy and that's not natural. And there must be something behind it. Uh, and then it took me just one or two days of researching to find out that this is not a pest or a cholera or like some deadly threat, like you mentioned it. So so when people say that to me, I try to explain to them, like, I'm not just, in a, or we, all of us that we don't wear masks and stuff, we all had kind of a process of of either researching or we have good reasons for it. Um, some of the people that I met um, have been into these topics uh, and the backgrounds for for a longer time, even before COVID, and they they immediately knew like, okay, this can, cannot be that's this cannot be true, this cannot be good. Uh, so it's not that we're not responsible. It's just like we base our decisions on solid facts and on a good connection to nature, to life itself, to our own bodies and to our own mind, uh, and that's why we do it. Well, and you've just um, you just started cracking the window open, really, to something that you and I, um, you know, we we very much are passionate about and see eye to eye on. 
And that is the fact that, you know, one of our, our freedoms is to choose what information we we take in. So as, as humans, there's, as far as I can see it, there's only two things that we we have complete freedom in that nobody can ever take away from us. And, and that is that we have, um, we have the freedom to choose what we will think about something and then the freedom to choose how we react to something. Um, but, but when it comes to the mass media, it, that, that really infringes on people's, you know, on a lot of people's ability to think for themselves. They are, they are taking in information that is a lot of hype and fear mongering. They trust it. And this is, this is perhaps the scariest thing is when people ask me, Jana, what about your, your sources? You know, where are you getting them from? Um, since the very first week of all of this last year, it has been uh, the, the world's top Nobel Prize winning virologist and scientist from all over the world. Right now, as we speak, there are, I don't know how many tens of thousands of them that, are, that have formed coalitions together because they have been so shut down by this. Their voices silenced. And these are the very people who know the most about this. And instead... People are trusting in media conglomerates that are owned by the richest people in the world who are in bed with politicians and with pharmaceutical companies. You know, and I, I, I'm just amazed when people think that, that, <laughs> that we should not trust our sources, but that they are okay to trust, you know, big pharma and, or sorry, big media and, and, this this really, um, you know, kind of brings us into this question of because of the fear that some people have, it's like they they would rather be controlled than to have their freedom. You know, something else that that um, that I think it was Kalil Gibran as well said, he said that the truly great man is a man that would master no, nobody and would be mastered by nobody. And we have a lot, a lot of issues in this world right now, you know, a lot of scary issues, things that people should be afraid of. And it's, it's interesting in this situation because those of us who are not controlled by fear and who see the value in our, our human rights and our birthrights and see them taken, being taken away, we can see what the clear and present danger is. And that is not COVID-19. It is what it is yeah. being used to front, how it is being used to, to strip us of the freedoms that, like I said, we thought we had had this whole time. Yeah, COVID-19 is like a, like a distraction maneuver in my eyes, like a, like a flare where you go like, oh, all your attention on this it's it's the reason and the and yeah the reason for everything they they impose mm -hmm. <laughs> not <us>. bestow impose <laughs> yeah. for for those of you who noticed in the last in the last podcast i used the word many times bestow upon uh, and then jana listened to my podcast and gave me feed, feedback which i love uh, and and she said like look 
bestow upon is like <laughs> giving a gift to someone. And I, I was talking about the measures of the governments and that they have been bestowed upon us. No, it's not a gift. <laughs> uh, in an ironic way, I could have used that f phrase maybe. Yeah. Now, now I lost track on what I wanted to say. That, well, you're talking about like basically impose versus bestow. Yeah, yeah, but before that, I don't know. <laughs> I forgot about it. Ah, oh, yeah, I was talking about that, that this is just like a topic that they use to create distraction and a lot of distraction uh, and then do what they do. And if you, if you would, that's an interesting experiment. If you, if you strip the COVID-19 topic away, like that, put it aside for a moment and then look what's happening. You know, you, they, they do something about or, or they, they try to get rid of cash, for example. You can't, even if the shops are open, they are at least encouraging you not to pay with cash because it's dirty and it could, you know, uh, increase infections. So this is the one thing. The next thing is that they want you to, to shop online so you don't go out anymore. You don't meet any other people. They want you to do home office and not show up in the in the office so you cannot meet people they want you to lose your individuality by wearing a mask you know like these are these are the things that they do and they say well it's because of covid you know the the question that i want to ask everyone not to say that they are stupid just to wake them up is like how far would you go and also yeah. also i have the feeling that and that that's very human as well. We forget what has been happening two months ago, four months ago, six months ago. If somebody would have told me one year ago, you know, next year, there's going to be not a single shop open. You will have to wear a mask in public in the fresh air under the blue sky. You have to wear a mask and you are going to be losing your job just because you have a different opinion. People would have said like, <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. It right? sounds like a sci-fi film or something, you know? It yeah. sounds like something just but, unbelievable. Hmm. But if you break it down into small steps, people would accept it, you know? Okay, it's just a, just a mask, but when they, when they start to make me wear a mask in public, no, I will not do that. You do it. Yeah. Now they do it. It's an interesting one. You know, okay, so one of our joint friends, uh, who is one of our friends that we, we have been parted from, who is actually back in Barcelona right now, is Ronan. And uh, I know I, you and I spoke about this before, but Ronan and I, we, we spent, you know, three years before this happened discussing for thousands of hours. Um, I mean, we have crazy conversations about aliens and about uh, science and physics and, you know, music and all sorts. Um, but we both had this, this very uh, just uh, the strongest innate feeling that something was about to come, that we didn't know what it was. And I'm so grateful to him because, you know, it was him um, over a year and a half ago who said, Jana, you need to, you need to go. If it's Menorca, you need to go. You need to get on track. You need to go and find your place, your house, your place where you can have friends come. You know, my, my point of having my little place here that I'm, I'm, you know, doing some works on right now. It has about, I guess about 40 or 50 olive trees, uh, fig trees, a lemon tree, um, it's a short, you know, walk down the road to a beautiful Cala. This island is so focused on nature and on a natural, a more natural way of living. Um, I'm so grateful for the beauty here. 
Um, and the history is unlike anywhere else. I mean, there's only few places on earth that have the, the richness and depth of history that you have here. Um, and, you know, and I know you and I share this view as well of, of living in a community with like-minded people. You know, I talk about freedoms that are, you know, birthrights to grow your own food. So I have a number of little seedlings that I'm growing again this year. I did it during the quarantine last year as well. And I grow my own organic uh, vegetables and starting with some new, new fruits and vegetables this year as well. So I want to create this, this kind of haven, um, which is a place of peace and rest and safety for me, my friends, for my, my two children um, who are in England. I haven't been able to see them this past year. That was a great freedom taken away, not being able to see your own families. Um, but to create this, this place that is healthy and free and where the focus is not on it, racing around your whole life to try to make money, to try to have things, to, no, 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 no. To have a, a life that is more connected in our spirit, mind, and body with nature, you know, and with each other on deeper levels than so many people nowadays even get to experience. And, you know, what's interesting is that I mean, so that, that kind of, that opens up like something I was thinking about was, you know, we, when we talk about freedom, we have like our freedom of our mind, the freedom of our body, the freedom of our spirit. There are different, oh, we could go very deep into this. Um, oh yeah, we could talk for hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just starting with the, the, the body, um, we are animals before anything else. We are, we are animals. And if you look at, at the world around, if you look at, at wildlife, we see that when animals are free and they're doing their thing within their ecosystem, there is balance, there is harmony, there is a health, there is a life death life cycle that is, it is it is something that is, you know, in built into each of us and into this planet and into all of, uh, of life. And, and yet we see as humans that when we take away the freedom from animals, it, and that's in many different levels here, when we overfish waters, when we are madly producing chickens and cows, you know, for chemically filled uh, milk and meats and things like this. When we enslave animals in, in zoos or, you know what I mean? We see that, that the, the, the earth itself starts to lose uh, the balance that is, is strong, but also fragile. It's, it is absolutely imperative for our survival. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that if we look at that analogy um, of, of taking away the freedoms from animals and, and the way that we do, it, it messes with us. It messes with the harmony, you know, and it messes with our health. It messes with our freedom of our mind, body and spirit. Um, and so, you know, it, but it shouldn't surprise us because look, as long as there has been man, 
there have been freedoms taken away from other men. That's like the history of man has been to take away freedom from, yes, from the planet, from animals, and from each other. It's like, um, I want to add that I think that when you're talking about um, the energy system of the world and, and how it affects us when we do harm to other living beings, um, yeah. I think the, the, the earth and the nature and maybe the universe is, is so incredibly clever and intelligent to always have a balance you know but but we as as humans we sometimes get so arrogant that we think that we have to change all these things and then we do all all these these uh, bad things to to other people or to animals we harm them we try to enslave them to get more and more and more always wanting more is also like a structure that we should get away from you know and and but that can happen for a while sometimes people ask me like if there would be a clever nature like why would they would would it allow it to be you know if there was a god why is he killing so many people why is he killing so many no it's it's not him it's not universe however you might call it it's us we're doing that exactly and it's because we've been given freedom we've been given free will and in that free will we've can i say fuck we fucked up you know Yeah, we fucked up. We did a bad job. And it comes back to us. Now, so we have to learn this lesson, kind of, you know. Uh, but that's also, that brings me to the point that I think that this is, a, this is a big chance for us to really feel into what is natural. What do we actually really need? And not only what do we need, but what do the other people around us need? What does nature need? What does the an do the animals need? Actually, not too much. They can care for themselves, you know. Like, we don't... We don't have to do so much about an ocean or a forest or a landscape. If we could just leave it like it is, well, of course, like we will still have villages and cities and stuff like that. It's a philosophical topic, but you, you see where this is going, right? Like we're, we're think, we think we need so much and we, we overuse this given freedom. Uh, and so now it's, it's kind of logic that it's been taken away by ourselves from people of our own species, right? It's weird. Like, we're fucking ourselves over. It, like you said, this is philosophical on every level, really, when you think about it. Um, and, and what it comes down to, yes, very much, is that in our freedom, in, man has not used that freedom in, in a way that is beautiful and and creates more life and balance and harmony in the world. Now, some, yes, but m most people, no. There has been a striving to, um, a striving for success. And in, in the worldly way of this, uh, of this thinking, it is all about having money and things, having labels, um, you know, being a success in your field, all of this. And, and really, <laughs> I think this enslaves people more than anything, you know? And so when we talk about freedom, and when I was saying before about the fact that we have freedom of the mind, freedom of the body, and freedom of the soul, okay? So our freedom of our bodies, you know, is in, in, impeded upon or 
uh, is that the right word? Yeah, impeded upon by us, you know, being told we had to stay indoors for uh, two months, that we couldn't go out and, and be in nature and, and do exercise outside, you know, and as we were given little bits of freedom back, you realize, wow, how valuable that was. Um, yeah. freed of the, of the mind being challenged by all of this media and all of this stuff coming in, trying to control the way people think. Mm. And then it comes to, and then it comes to our spirits, you know? And I think this is where, when people are truly connected to their, their, their inner selves and to the spirit, um, truth, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it then you're, you're living in a freedom, A, that nobody can take away, but B, that is very much aware on another level of, of the deeper things that are going on here, you know? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that, that really uh, puts everything together. It's, um, um, in, in my imagination, there is... For every individual, there is a core, a natural core that we have. And, and it consists of the things that you just mentioned, like your spirit, your soul, your um, conscious mind as well, your body. Um, and that's, that's your core. And through life and through conditioning and through whatever you, you, you're going through, through all your experiences, we grow layers. Some, maybe we collect some fears, we build some... Um, aggressions or we build some um, avoidance strategies or we constrict ourselves in many ways as well when we interact with other beings um, and that happens for all of us and that's we cannot really avoid that right so I'm, I'm not like building a utopia in my head but there are some things that that have been installed upon us like layers that we actually don't need but we think or we, we have been made believe that we that we use new need them um, to survive, right? So it's really hard. The more layers you have and the less experiences in, in the right way, don't get me wrong, you know, like in the natural way you have, the, m the more difficult it is to really touch your core and feel into your core, feel what you really need. So I think, because I always want to um, also talk about, like, what can we do about it, right? I mean, it's, it's really a strange time right now, but we can do things. So for someone who has like a thousand layers and, and thinks like a mask is good and cannot feel how important fresh air is every day, uh, maybe it's, it's too hard of a challenge to say like, maybe you should connect to your spiritual core. Of course, that's, that's a big step, right? But we could just scratch one of the layers and say like, okay, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? Go into a forest to someone who's working in an office nine to five, then goes home, watches TV uh, and plays around with the mobile phone like, I don't know, 24-7. If that person could just drop his phone for one hour in the afternoon, switch off from all mobile devices and take a walk in the wood and just write a journal for five minutes, two sentences, how he felt, he would have the, the chance to dig a little bit deeper and to connect back a little bit more with the core. And if, if he likes it, maybe he does it a second time, you know, maybe next time he makes a different decision on food, you know, and, and there's a different entrance way for everyone. If, if walking through a forest is not your thing, maybe you could just like sit with a friend and look into his eyes and see what does, that does to you, you know. 
I think I think we need these kind of strategies. Meditation is a thing. Um, movement, like sports, fitness is a thing. Nutrition is a thing. Social contacts is a thing. And when you make a list of these things that could help you to reduce these layers and, and find your core, you, will, can, you can take the same exact list and see what has been taken away from us over the last 12 months. Right? You cannot do sports. Yeah. You cannot yeah. breathe fresh air. You cannot see your friends. You cannot be social. You cannot take a walk because you need to stay at home. They're taking away everything that's important for you as an individual and for us as humanity. And, and that's, that's what we need to wake up people to. Now, that's a wrong sentence, but we need to make people see, look, oh, this is what they take away from. And then taking away our freedom of choice, of uh, freedom of speech. You know, I mean, I have yeah. seen people like um, Bobby Kennedy Jr., Robert Kennedy Jr., and other people yeah. who are in my eyes, but in, in hundreds of thousands, millions of people's lives, these are people with in integrity who will not be, um, uh, who will not cave in under this, you know, they will always be that like burning lights, you know, um, yeah. it's, it, it is a light that per puts out the darkness. It is the truth that puts out, you know, that puts out a lie. And, and yeah. yet they have been so like, you know, squelch. I mean, these people don't even have voices anymore and we don't even have the freedom to listen to them anymore. And instead it is this mass message, this mass message of, let's be honest, of fear, of control, of chaos, you know, of, of your freedom being literally stripped away. And, and it, When you look at, at that, it is astonishing how many people are okay with that. You know, I, those are the people that I fear for. And I know that you and I and um, one of my, my very close friends, Ace, he's in, in California. Um, we were talking about this the other night. And, you know, he was saying we've been on the same road where... For a long time, we were posting a lot on Instagram, you know, posting things from uh, scientists and, and doctors and uh, some of these, um, you know, award winning uh, virologists and, and other people who specialize in, in vaccinations and all and vaccines and all the rest. And and there he especially, because he has a lot of followers being like um, a pro skater and stuff, he was getting a lot of abuse from people. Um, and yet, you know, he, he kind of kept on. But I, I think we all went through this process. Um, and this is very interesting, where we were kind of very passionate and very on fire about this for a while. And you, I remember you and I having a conversation where you said that, you made a transition where you you stopped looking at people like in confrontational ways. Like if they disagree with you, you didn't want to be confrontational anymore. Instead, you wanted to face the situation with love and acceptance for the fact that these people, we actually feel sorry for people that their eyes are not open and that they have so much fear that is blocking them, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah. And so when it, when it comes down to it, you know, it's not that, and, and we've kind of, we've eased a lot, you know, 
because there's there's a time and a place for kind of really, uh, if you want to say, fighting against something. But sometimes the best way to fight against something is to is to be going into the freedom, like I said before, the freedoms that are untouchable. Okay, the freedom that we have to think in the way that we choose and to then react in the way that we choose. Um, And and that can't be touched. And so when we when we say that we are of love and not of fear, well, we don't then want to react in fear, do we? Even though our fear is a fear of not of this, uh, of COVID, not of, you know, whatever else. Um, our, our fear is of, of people being blinded by this and scared by this. Our, our fear is what the world could come to and it is coming to as a result. But, but even then, it's like it, it is, again, going into the spirit level. It is saying, okay, I want freedom in my spirit. And as a result, I don't, I don't want to fight against this. I want to face it with love and not with my own fears, if you, if you want to say. True. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally, I agree There's with you no, that, that this is the better way. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to add like this. I agree that this is the best way to deal with this situation, but I also um, understand um, that this is very difficult at times. And um, I'm—I mean, I'm—I've been working as a coach. You've been working in therapy as well, so we have a little advantage because we might know a little bit more, have a little bit more experience in conversation and stuff like that. But even for us, or I can at least speak for me, even for me, it's it's super um, uh, difficult sometimes when I'm emotionally triggered. I just had that last weekend at a rally in Hanover where I was uh, confronted by a policeman who, who f- wanted to force me to wear a mask and to leave the place. And he was like threatening me basically because he was armed and, and, and stuff like that and standing in front of me with a couple of others. And... I, I feel like I want to respond in a way that is not feeding his aggression. Um, but then sometimes it's just like your emotions just kick you out of that pattern and they go like, go fuck yourself. You know, it's enough. Don't you see what's going on here? And then it just, you just spill it out. So I just wanted to see, I have empathy for people who, who cannot do it because I'm on the same page. That happens to me as well. But it's important to be aware what's happening there and then, try again next time you know every time you can make it and and build this bridge to another person then we all win it's not that it's not us against them Mm. it's us for us against the one person that that had really bad intentions right exactly um, exactly in germany that's a word we we call them the sleep sheep sometimes what is it say it again but that's the the, the sleep sheep the sleep sheep (laughs) that's what that's what people who 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 uh consider themselves um, wow. awake wow. <laughs> they say all oh, the others are the sleep sheep um, but that's a funny word but it can also be insulting right but I just wanted to underline that that that's not we're not against them we're just like like you said you know like we're we we want to take care and we we are worried about that that humanity in total is in danger and so we want to just like offer a hand and say like look at it 
from a different perspective and form your own yeah. opinion. Well, and you've just you just said something else that um, that triggered something you and I were speaking uh, about previously, and that is um, the survival rate of this of this. Um, COVID is actually extremely, extremely high. Um, and if you look at the, at the facts and figures on this, you know, uh, people are looking at the numbers without even considering the fact that they haven't even taken into account the at least, you know, on an average half a million that die of COVIDs and flus every year. There's no way for them yeah. to differentiate between this COVID and other COVIDs. That is scientific fact as well. So if anybody wants to go um, do some research on that, like we have done, you know, I, I wouldn't say anything without knowing um, 100% that that was a fact. But, but look at what our, our, our dangers are. Like you said, putting this to the side, look at what the ad, uh, the, adverse effects that it's having on the health of people. I, I think the last figures in America alone were that uh, suicide had gone up by like almost a thousand percent. Mental health, mental health is a huge issue right now. Um, yeah. You And it's not just like it's, it's um, a, a focus on specific, you know, like teenagers struggling with depression. No, this is on a global scale with everyone from small children to the elderly affected by heavy, heavy mental issues through this, this process. You have the elderly who have been told that they have to stay indoors where, you know, during the, the quarantine, when I would take Bella for a walk, I would, every single time I walked Bella, I would run into elderly people sitting out on benches and talking to each other. And you, when they were interviewed in Spain and Italy, there were so many, many elderly people saying, you know, I'm 89 or I'm 92 or I'm 78. I don't want to spend whatever days I have left trapped in my house. So if it's my right to go outside and if I get sick, I get sick, I take the responsibility, but I would rather live in that freedom than die in the box, you know, die in my flat. And they have devalued completely how much social interaction um, affects our health. Uh, the social interaction, how it affects our mental health, how it affects our, our physical health. It is, it's the way we were meant to live. We were meant to live in an interaction together and harmony together. And when you take that out, um, like I was talking about before with the planet and the, uh, the ecosystems being in balance and how when that's all flowing, things are replenishing, things are taking care of, of each other and of us. And, you know, well, when you take something out, so it, you, you take away people's ability to relate to, to interact with other people, to love, to show love, to connect physically, uh, emotionally. Wow. I, I, you know, that, that takes a, that, that takes a heavy toll on mankind. So we have the elderly, then you have the, the people who are, uh, not able to work in the same way, not able to live in the same way, not able to go and be with their family when their family are sick or, you know, this is uh, the number of people I've heard about who could not go and be with their dying, um, grandfather, grandmother, or parents, 
because of this, uh, that, that actually made me angry, you know, and because I just think it's so unnecessary. And then you have children, children who are walking around with masks on. I have twice in Barcelona, I've walked by uh, small children. I'm talking like two, three, four years old who realized that, that their parents had taken off their masks for a minute and said, you know, like, mommy, you need your mask on or mommy, that person doesn't have a mask on. The fact that psychologically they're getting used to this and they are thinking that they need to have this on to be safe. Wow. What is what's what damage is being done here? Yeah, we're, we're, we're traumatizing a complete generation uh, of children who grow up with this bullshit and especially uh, the smaller children between one and three years where they have this important phase where they have to be connected to their parents, especially to their mother. Uh, if you take this away from them, wow, man, that, that will take generations to fix. You know, like that, that will take years and decades to... to um, yeah, to, to fix these things that, that, they, that they do now, the, do, the harm that they are doing now, we will have to come up with ideas how we can, how, how we can fix that. What's encouraging is that um, in some places it, it, the uh, the extent of this harm that's being done has been grasped to a certain level, so that there are changes being made. Um, and I've got a really good example here in Menorca. The schools, the teachers in the schools here, okay? So even though the kids, I think it's from age 11 and up or something like this, have to wear a mask outside, when they go into school, when they're sat down at their desks, okay, because let's look at this. We can be, um, you know, outside or it's going to change again to inside as well in restaurants and sit down. And then they tell us we have to put on a mask to walk around. I won't even go into the absurdities of all of this, really, but you, you know. But with children, what they go into school, but then when they sit down at a desk, they have to keep a mask on. Well, the schools here, they have been, the teachers have been telling the children, if I ask a question, you are only allowed to respond if you take your mask off. You will not wear your mask, you know, at your desk. You take it off and then you can interact with us. You're going to be fine. And when I heard this, I heard this from my friend's children directly. Word of mouth, this is what is happening in our, in our schools. And the kids were passionate about this, like, it's wonderful. Our, our teacher is standing up against this and our school is standing up, uh, you know, against this. And, and that is something to, that is something so honorable, you know, it's encouraging to hear that because you realize that the, the human spirit, that freedom inside of our, our spirits, it's not something that's going to die easily. You know, yeah. I think, totally agree. yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that I think that there are some things and I know you and I, you know, feel the same about this. Like, OK, like how long do we put up with this mask thing and how long do we and, and to what extent do we accept this? But those kind of things, you know, if we're looking into the, the facts, 
there has never been a, a respiratory virus in he recorded human history that lasted longer than two years. Uh, the last time that a, a vaccine was trying to be rushed through, it was the SARS vaccine. And by the time that they were coming up with something that was even halfway workable, SARS disappeared. You know, and, and, and so it's like, okay, I, I really firmly believe that they've been in a race to try to get this vaccine out. And we won't even go into that and, and, and what, you know, why and all the rest of it. But for this reason... I believe that the masks and everything else, I mean, you have countries all over the world now that are that are freeing up. They have no restrictions, no masks anymore. New Zealand, uh, places in Africa, like all over, it's starting to happen. And so, yeah, so so these places are uh, are showing that we're already in this process of, OK, we're going to come out of this. And, you know, what's interesting about it is that um I watched in the second or third week of the, the quarantine last year with one of my closest French friends. We watched this round table and it was with four or five French virologists and scientists, Nobel Prize winning virologists and scientists who were saying, we have uh, nothing to prove. We've achieved everything that, that we have to achieve. All that we stand by is our code of, of truth, our code of honor. And that is that we have to speak the truth. We're scientists. So we're not going to be bought out. We're not going to be controlled by fear or anything else. And they said that, that this was actually, this COVID-19 was actually formed of two other COVIDs that were known already, a strain of HIV, and then another fourth element, which I always forget. But they said, and this is the important part, they said, even though we know it has been messed with by man, we can see it. We're, we, we know what these things look like. We can see that this has been messed with by man. Still, it will die out in two years. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter what they do. It cannot last longer. And, you know, viruses have been a part of our planet and of human, like, a part of life Yes, unfortunately, it's horrible that it, it, it takes the lives of people who are weak and vulnerable or even have genetic strain, you know, issues that we don't even know about. But it is going to go away. So when we, we look about, we look at the restrictions with masks and these sort of things, yes, it's upsetting. Yes, it infringes on our ability to to interact socially with other people and to have these freedoms of breathing fresh air. And, and we, we already went through all this, but these things, these two will pass, but what is left over the damage that, that they've already begun, that that's already started in this cycle with the people with their mental health, as we touched on with the number of people committing suicide we're going to see that this is what is taking away people's freedoms, <laughs> you know. And that's that's you why know? that's why I think that's also I'm I'm very um, optimistic about these things because uh, what you just said is very important. That they also know that any virus must die out in a certain amount of time, and because they know that, they need to condition us to a point where we don't even discuss about the virus anymore. We just accept. A vaccine or other measures as a mandatory thing no matter what kind of virus is just there at that moment 
You know, like that's what they're trying yeah. to do. They're trying to talk less about infections. They're trying to do less research. They're trying to allow less discussion. So at some point, we just think that it's mandatory to have a vaccine every year. And that's okay because that's basically how we have always done it, which is not true because it's just since a year that they say it's, it's, it's like that, you know. But we need to get used to that because they know if they cannot make it in time, people will wake up and understand it's like, actually, there's no virus anymore. Why would I have to take this pill or this vaccine or this injection, right? And, and I, I, I really love that you brought this positive angle towards it. And I, I like this, this example of the teacher. Uh, that is something new. I didn't know that that happens in, in Menorca. And in Germany and other countries here in, in Europe, as far as I know, there are also a lot of beautiful things happening. There are teachers forming groups and uh, um, and they stand up against these things they they speak up um, last week thursday we had a um, we, so we have two doctors in hamburg who are part of a group that 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 really um, writes receipts for people who say they cannot wear a mask so that they can uh, if the police is checking them they can say like look um, i have a receipt so i cannot wear these things Yeah. But in a proper way, they really talk with their clients and with their patients and uh, they check on them. Mo many of them have respiratory problems uh, previously and, and so they check them and they write this receipt. Um, but when we're on the rallies and the manifestations, um, the police will check these receipts and they make notes like what, which doctors have been filing this or have been writing this down. And uh, they, they were going to, to the office And the private rooms of two of these doctors in Hamburg with like 30 or 40 policemen last week. And they raided their houses and they took their documents away uh, and they took their laptops, their mobile phones. They took everything, also the complete data of their clients uh, and oh stuff God. like that. It's really, really weird. And um, the, the, But the good thing is about it is this came through our Telegram channel and somebody said, oh, look, Uh, this doctor uh, has problems because the police is there and they're taking away his stuff. Like 30 people immediately showed up at his office and they were like um, demonstrating against what's happening there so that people see what's happening there. So they speak up, they do live streams on YouTube, they do live streams on every other channel so that people can see what's actually happening here. So um, I, I like that people... Um, have the courage to do things like that and in in my opinion or in i have the i i think that that it it's happening more and more in the beginning it was just a few people and the demonstrations were pretty s small but it's more people waking up now yesterday yeah. a friend of mine called me she's from cologne and half a year ago i was talking with her uh, for the first time about these things and she's like nah you know like I'm scared of the virus and stuff like that. Uh, and for half a year or something, we didn't really talk to each other. And spontaneously, she called me yesterday and she had Corona diagnosed <laughs> and she survived with no problems. <laughs> and, and also like going through all this, these things and these measures, she's like, you know, I think we're not exactly on the same page there's something really weird about it. And I, I do understand. And we had a really nice chat about everything. Not because we have the exact same opinion, but we're coming closer. We're closing the distance. Yeah. Um, well, and you just, you just pointed out something, and that is that the longer that this goes on, 
you know, they, on the one hand, you have the people that just get used to it and are just kind of like, oh, this is just a new part of life. Like, what are they calling it? Just like the new normal, which I hate this. I hate labels anyway. I won't put labels on myself or others. And I, I hate labels anyway. But, um, but then you have this growing number on the other side who are like, um, you know, who are waking up and, and seeing things and are saying, no, 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 sorry. But the, the farther this, this goes on, the more that I know now that there's something going on. So it's almost like the bad guys are kind of shooting themselves in the foot, thinking that people are going to become more and more sheeps and get used to things, that they're going to be sheep. Uh, actually, it's having the adverse effect. There are more and more people who are saying the farther this goes, the longer this goes on, wow, you know, now I'm starting to think differently about this situation and people are starting to question things. And we have to be patient, you know, and understanding and supportive with people through this. You know, I had people that were the same way in the beginning um, who were really worried, who were even like getting angry with me for having a friend who was completely alone. Um, who like became a part of our, our flat during the, the quarantine, getting angry because I was having him over for dinner. And I was like, and this person completely turned against it, you know, even before I left Barcelona to be like, wow, this is, this is some heavy bullshit going down. And, and that's encouraging because it shows you that, that there are more people who are, who are actually tapping into their, their spiritual center and who are actually weighing it up and saying, Something isn't feeling right in my spirit about this, you know? And when you are somebody who seeks out light, who seeks out truth, you will always be able to feel, I will quote from Star Wars, a disruption in the force, you know? You will feel that disruption in the force because something is not flowing right. It is, the force is not flowing right and you're, you're very much aware of that, you know? And, you know, seriously, we need, we need more Yodas out there right now, you know? And, um, and it's encouraging to see so many, so many different Yodas, so many, here's so many different voices out there talking about different aspects of this and, and shedding light on things. Um, you look like, you look like a Jedi Knight now, (laughs) a Jedi Knight on a Costa Rican beach. Beach. (laughs) Stepping out of, uh, stepping out of your fear, you must, little Jedi. (laughs) Yeah, I I think we, uh, I think we made, made a strong point here. It's, it's very important um, that people come out of their fear and express themselves because deep inside they have the answer. They can see it. Yeah. Just, they just need to remind themselves of the, of the connection that they naturally have, so to say. And if, if that sounds a little bit too, too wishy-washy and spiritual, um, just believe that, that you can do whatever you want and that you can... Um, that you can gain back your freedom. It's just really natural, you know, just strip away of everything that you actually don't need and you can feel it inside. And also, I want to add that you are there, if you're listening to that right now and you're like, "Mm, I don't know if I can do that, you don't have to do that alone. There are thousands and millions of people who would be happy to reach out their hands to you and say like come on i help you me myself i need help you know because i'm struggling sometimes and i have people and and and, and mentors 
yeah, we all we all do. So don't don't be scared to take the next step and just try because you could always go back if that's the wrong path, right? You just just take a take a glimpse behind the curtain, uh, and and that will open up a lot of possibilities for you. And, uh, and yeah, there's something I wanted I wanted to read to you. Um, um, kind of along the lines of what we were talking about before and, and then kind of going into what you were just saying. Um, again, this is another Khalil Gibran uh, who, um, yeah, his views on freedom are very, very much almost aligned with Jay Krishnamurti, who is, um, well, his book, As One Is, the complete kind of deconditioning of the human mind. If you haven't read that, Andreas, you should read that. And I highly recommend it to everybody. I'm reading it for the second time now. I think I will just be in a continual cycle of reading it and reading it. Um, I've never had a book that gave me so much freedom. Truly, like that is a great word to, to use for it. Um, but this quote by Kayla Gibran, he says, For you can only be free when... Even the desire of seeking freedom becomes a harness to you. And when you cease to speak of freedom as a goal or a fulfillment, you shall be free indeed when your days are not without a care, nor your nights without a want and a grief, but rather when these things girdle your life, yet you rise above them naked and unbound. And... And I love that. I love how it ends as well. Yet you rise above them naked and unbound because naked and unbound is, wow, I, that's the best, best description of freedom I've, I've ever heard, you know? Um, but it's it, just tying that into what we were just talking about with the, the spiritual side of things. When you are someone who is aware that we are spiritual creatures that are in this delicate balance with with human being humans as well. Um, when you're, when the more aware you are of this, the more aware you are of, of the life death life cycle as well. And, and when you don't have a fear of death, because you know that, that there's something else, that this is just a part of life. You know, this is just one segment of of our life and that there will be more life afterwards i think that it gives well i know it provides a, a level of of deep peace that people who are not who don't believe they have a spirit who don't um who aren't connected to their 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 spiritual cores in any way who don't believe in there being uh, a truth uh, God, whatever you want to say, a, a greater intelligence. Those are the people that are going to have more fear, of course, because they look at our life as being like, this is it. And then that's it. You know, I'm just a human. I'm going to die. And that's it. There's nothing more to life. Well, I can't, I can't for a second believe that. And because of that, not only do, do I not have any fear I have a complete peace. And what you just said is so true. It is not easy. And this, this whole past year has affected all of us in multiple ways. It's affected me. I mean, I decided to 
Uh, you know, and yes, I, I, it was a good time to move over here because I needed to do the works on my house, but I made a really hard decision to completely leave Barcelona, at least for a time where I had, you know, some of the dearest friends I've ever had in my life. And I have my skateboard family and I have my, um, you know, all the different families I had in Barcelona. And I, I love it. Like I said, it was like the first place I ever really felt I belonged. So to leave that energy um, and come to be on an island where I knew that I would be spending more time alone. I have growing friendships here and I have a couple small groups of friends on either side of the island, uh, which I'm so grateful for. And I also realized that in Barcelona, because of our, our freedoms being so infringed upon, because of, of the position that we were in for so long, it was, it had wiped out that energy. I mean, I have so many friends uh, who have had to shut down their businesses or have no, no work at all because of this, you know? And yep. like you were saying before about, you know, what, what things are growing, like online purchasing and all of this kind of stuff, which is just is empty at the end of the day. But when you can live in a city center like Barcelona, I mean, you, I know you can vouch for this as well. One of the things we love about Barcelona was that we had just a phenomenal um, uh, collection of privately owned, individual, uh, unique shops, uh, hair salons. These were not star, I call them star fucks, okay? These were not like star fucks everywhere. They're little cafes and little restaurants and, and, you know, and, and those, that individuality, that uniqueness, that energy was taken away. And, um, and when you see that, that energy and that freedom drained out of a place that was so marked by a positive energy and freedom. It's extremely, extremely hard. Um, but you know, but I guess at the end of the day, what you and I and everybody is, is holding out for and having faith in is that, is that a, we're not going to, we're not going to go down uh, we're not going to be like sinking without a fight, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. and, and we're hoping that, that the light is going to overcome the darkness, you know? Yeah, that's, well, wow, that's a beautiful, that is a beautiful sentence. And, um, I had a friend putting it like this. If you don't have a guiding star, some, oh, look, it makes this little light here. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. For, for, okay, so for all of you who can't see the screen, like because of this is an audio podcast, uh, Andreas is using like a green screen, a screen effect behind him, which makes it look like he's on a beach in Costa Rica. He wanted to match me. And he is holding his hand up. <laughs> he's holding his hand up and it looks like he is like something from Star Wars. It looks like there's a star coming out of his hand. They're surrounding his head. <laughs> That's incredible. I love it. Maybe I'll pu publish that on on Patreon or something so that we they can see the, like the video where I do that. Um, okay, but what I wanted to say, like for times like these, where 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 it feels like everything comes down heavy on you, you need something like a guiding star, something like a like a mission or a vision or something that's bigger than you, something that's bigger than your small little everyday 
thingies, you know, something where you can uh, hold on to. Um, and that can be anything. That can be um, a spiritual thought. It can be a philosophy. That can be an idea of uh, how it goes on after death, uh, whatever that is. And, and earlier, uh, this was religion for the people. They had their faith and uh, these days, not everybody is connected to a religion, which I think is a good thing because we can form our own <laughs> thoughts about spirituality and things. But anyway, we need something like that. We need something that we uh, look forward to, something that we can put all our hopes into. And that cannot be something that is from, um, yeah, that's not something physical, not something that we can really touch. It's not material. It's not materialistic. It's an idea. Uh, and if you have that, nothing can go wrong. And it's really important what you said that, that what's the biggest fear, actually? It's the fear of death. That's what is bigger than death, right? If we, if we can at least allow ourselves to think about that and feel into it and maybe work on it and, and see if it's really a negative thing. Um, uh, it's, for me, it's not. It's, like a, like, it's more like a path of the uh, a part of the life cycle, you know, like we come with, no with nothing, we go with nothing. Uh, and then that's the next round. Whatever comes, I have no idea what's coming next. But, but you have to, nobody has to, but I would recommend, let's put it like this, to ask yourself these questions and to reflect on that and think about like what could happen afterwards. And maybe it's not such a bad thing. You know, when you, when you put this into relation and you lose your fear of death at least a little bit, you know, you you can you can walk through life with a more relaxed in a more relaxed manner and well with a peace. Yeah. You know, I mean, just yeah. just think about it this way. What I said before, if people view just these two words, life, death, these become like these opposing forces. Um, and actually, this is wonderful. This is a wonderful time. I am so happy that I just remembered. There's something I was reading earlier. And, um, okay, there's a, a book that I have that is called The Women Who Run With the Wolves. This is like my she Bible. Incredible book. Which, by the way, men would learn so much about if men read this. You would love this book. Love it. Um, and... Uh, I was just reading this today and it is it, the actual section is called death and the house of love. Okay. And it's talking about the natural life, death, life cycles. So not just life and death, but life, death, life. And this is the quote. It says, we have been taught that death is always followed by more death. It is simply not so. Death is always in the process of incubating new life even when one's existence has been cut to the bones. And I just, I love that so much that, wow, that sums up, you know, so, so, so much. And when we have a view of the world that is life, death, life, then we are accepting a process that we're in. And, you know, alongside of of this conversation with freedom about freedom and everything i i keep coming to the the point that that i believe there's going to be life again after this i think that there's there are definitely evil intentions by some to use this in in 
horrific ways of, of which a lot of that has been already, we've seen that materializing, we've seen that happening. But I believe that for those of us who truly want it, who are truly longing for that peace and for that, that deeper journey in life, that, that there's going to be there's going to be life after this and that we're going to be in a position where we have an opportunity, an opportunity to start really focusing on what is actually important in this life. You know, I'm talking about, you know, conditioning a while ago and I mentioned the, the Krishnamurti book as one is and you realize reading his words and just l listening to him, he doesn't um, pose as, as some guru or anything like that. He just states things that are, that are fluid truth to him. And what you take on or not is up to you. But, but the truth is, is that we have been so conditioned from the moment that we're born by our families, by society, by school, by, by um, you know, our culture, by churches or religion. And the more that you start to decondition your mind of these things, you, you see with such a new viewpoint, a new perspective on life that that there has been such a focus on money and things and success and material goods that is forever trying to feed a black hole inside of us. Yeah. When, when we, we talk about really true freedom, the true freedom is when we see that that is actually death. That's not life. That's what you get to the end of your life and you say, what the fuck did I do with my life? I, I stressed and I worked so hard and all for money to have things that made me have more stress and this brutal cycle. Whereas the, yeah. the true freedom in this life and the true peace to be achieved is through living in harmony with nature and with other people, you know, through having a healthy mental uh, health, you know, a mental balance and physically and yeah, that's, there you go. That's all I have to say about that. And that's all I have to say about that. Sorry, barking dog, barking dog. I really like how you get carried away and how you're so passionate about these things. <laughs> and I think we need more people to really uh, like give room to this passion and give room to, to this expressiveness um, in order to light the fire in other people so that they can light the fire in other people themselves. Uh, and this is becoming a chain reaction of light. Um, and actually now you look like an angel. I mean, you do anyways, but there's like the wings behind your shoulders. <laughs> do you see that on the, on the monitor? <laughs> do I have wings? Oh, right. It's because of like one of the openings. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been interviewing an angel today. That's great. How do, <laughs> who gets this chance? Not so many people. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> You know what you know what I really liked about this interview is that I actually made a list of things that I wanted to ask a little structure in in case um I get stuck or something but I didn't I didn't use any of these. <laughs> and it's good because because it's a natural flow. Yeah, and I, I used the question what's is freedom important for you and then I just stopped using uh, my notes because it developed anyway in the direction that 
it wanted to. I told you we wouldn't run out of things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and we can we could go on yeah. for hours. I feel like uh, going into this philosophic um, area deeper and deeper and deeper. But I think we have to limit ourselves a little bit because we've been talking already for one and a half hours now. You can have to separate you separate it into part one, two, and three, or something like this. Yeah. <laughs> But that's good. That covers a few episodes of the podcast. You know, um, is there? Is there anything we didn't cover? Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I just wanted to joke around. Like, we bring in Bella and ask her for her opinion. And <laughs> oh, she'll tell you. She'll tell you about the freedom on this island. Wow, yeah, she, she would have something to say about it. Is there, is there anything from your list, though, that would be interesting that we didn't touch on? I mean, I think we touched on so much, but... But is there yeah. anything? No, that's that, and that's exactly what I wanted. I just wanted to have a personal impression impression uh, from you, and that's I think uh, we ca we delivered that, <laughs> uh, yeah. and that's great. No, it's I mean there's a thousand topics that we could talk about, but um, I think we I, I would love to end it with with to, with a statement, um, and that's not for me because I'm interviewing you, but I would ask you. Um, If you want to, if you would have to say something to people who are quote unquote asleep right now or on the edge of waking up, maybe they 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 are noticing that ah oh, some things are not really quite how they should be, but I'm not sure if I should listen to these conspiracy theorists. Maybe that's dangerous. No. Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe somebody listens to this podcast and it's like on the edge of. You know, like waking up a little bit more. What what would you give them as a as a statement at the end of this interview? What would you say to them? Hmm. I would tell them that um, that the more that they that they really touch on love, the more love they allow in then they will see their fear levels coming down and and to be aware of what changes in their hearts in their perspective in their feelings um starts to starts to happen as a as a result um i would tell them um <laughs> it's it's a hard one isn't it because you'd want to en oh, encourage people to to challenge themselves in a way you know to challenge where they're coming from are you coming from a place of fear or are you coming from a place of love and light and and i mean those words in such an all-encompassing powerful life-flowing way you know i think that that's yeah. That's part of the, the harm of, of words is that we've all become so accustomed to hearing words, 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 that they lose their meaning, you know? Um, but but the, the more that you stop and you really think about that love and light and love and light as, as a force, as forces within us... The very, the very forces that give life, you know? And just to check in with himself. Okay, so when you start to go look at all of this and you start looking at it more through, through eyes of love and light, 
how does that change your focus? How does that change your perspective? And to just be patient with themselves, but to follow that path, not to be afraid to follow that path. That's very beautiful. And um, I think I want to leave it with that. Um, I, I would have a thousand things to say to that, but that's, um, that's so beautiful. I just, um, just want to leave it at that, I guess. <laughs> Jana, thank you a thousand times for this beautiful interview. And um, I, think, I think you've inspired a lot of people to, to really reflect um, on the way they, they, um, they live their lives and on the, on the way they, they take the situation. And um, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And, and sorry to be an angel who says the F word sometimes. Hope that didn't offend anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> okay, I hope you have um, a nice rest of the week. Yes, speak very soon. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Peace. <laughs>